0: Welcome back to .NET Rocks. This is Carl Franklin, and this is Richard Campbell, and uh, going to build very soon. Very soon. Very 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 soon. soon. Like one more week, week or so. That was a great show that we did on Tuesday with Rocky about Blazer, and I'm really, really, really looking forward to talking to Frank about We. But first, we have this little thing we need to take care of called Better Know a Framework. Awesome.
1: All right, man, what do you got?
0: Well, this being show 1540, if you go to 1540.pwop.me, that's M-E, you will see uh, a project on GitHub called Entity Framework Plus. What? Now, so this is a a bunch of uh, enhancements to performance and um, enhancements to the Entity Framework must have features in it, but it's based on the Entity Framework Extensions library. Hmm. But check out this feature list. You got batch operations, batch delete, batch update, uh, link. You've got uh, query cache, deferred, DB set filter, filter, future, include filter and include optimize. Those are all query options. And then you have these auditing features that allow you to track changes, exclude, include entity or property and auto save audit entries in the database. So uh, That's then really interesting. You can also uh, use bulk operations, which comes from the Entity Framework Extensions library, like bulk save changes, bulk insert, bulk update, bulk delete, bulk merge, all these great things that, you know, you wish you had had that, uh, that you're usually writing code for. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting, If you, you know, if
2: you're kind of code first in an entity framework, you're just like store my data. Right. But to take the responsibility on where you put data and the other tasks around data for the typical app, it's interesting that they put those in. Yep. It, there's a philosophical discussion here that I don't think we need to
0: have. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it is a cool project. And if it's you're interested, neat. go check it out. Nice one, dude. Yep. So, who's talking to us today, my friend? Uh, I grabbed a comment on of show
2: 1537. So, just a couple, three shows ago, where we talked to one Laurent Bunyan about yes. Xamarin. And he mentioned he mentioned a cool library. I can't remember the name of it. Maybe we'll think of it later. Uh, and uh, by this guy, Frank Frank, uh, Frank uh, um, Kruger. Kruger, maybe. Anyway, uh, Jimmy Scott commented on the show. And he said, hey, get Frank on. That guy really knows his stuff. Yeah. Sorry, Jimmy. We don't do no, that. No, we can't you know? do that. Yeah, I'm we never sorry. Do, that. That's, gonna do that. We're no. not
0: going to do that. We're never going to have Frank nah, on.
2: And we're not that guy. Yeah, nope. we don't work that way. Nope. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, well. <laughs> but uh, you know what? Send him a music to code by anyway. Sorry we couldn't help you out here, yep. Jimmy, but a Music to Code By collection is on its way to you. And if you'd like to get the collection, write a comment on the website at dot netrocks.com or via any of our social media, because we publish every show to Google Plus and Facebook. And if you comment there, we read it on the show, we'll send you Music to Code
0: by. And definitely follow us on Twitter. He's at Rich Campbell. I'm at Carl Franklin. Please send us a tweet. Batch delete. <laughs> 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 love it
1: love it oh look
0: database humor how quaint <laughs> sorry <laughs> all right now let's get to the real stuff frank krueger is here he's been writing net apps in both c sharp and f sharp since 04. since 8 eight he's been an independent mobile developer specializing in nerdy sciency apps he's been writing open source libraries since that time and enjoys hanging out with the net community and now he's even hanging out with us welcome frank
3: Oh, thank you very much. It's been uh, a a real (laughs) hope in my life to once be on the show and it's finally happening. So, I'm very excited. Oh, that's great. I appreciate
2: a fellow podcaster coming on and when we ask for a brief bio, (laughs) does not mess around.
3: Nope. Three sentences, got (laughs) it nailed. Like, love it. Read the fact, did all the things. Awesome. You got to keep your narcissism in check, I find. I, I can't really <laughs> now you're just talking <laughs> crazy
2: talk, Mr. Kruger. That, that is nuts. Me and my six <laughs> mirrors disagree with you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, if you want to read Frank's complete bio, you'll have to go to dotnerocks.com and read it on our website. Or, you know, you could just Google Bing him or something. One of those things. <laughs> what the
3: heck are you doing with this we thing anyway? Ah! Oh, uh, you, you know, I, I think you have to write a web framework at some point in your life. If, you, if you're not, <laughs> that's what the grownups really do. Huh? <laughs> yeah. it's <laughs> So let's start there. You All just right. have to do it. Sure. But um, <laughs> The truth is, um, I actually had some scenarios. I was doing some um, IoT devices and I came to the conclusion that I wanted to create web interfaces for them. I, at first, I was writing some uh, mobile apps and for every stupid little IoT device or actually in my case, a lot of robots actually. Actually, Ah. I was writing a little uh, app to, you know, get some numbers out of the robot, see what it's doing, see Mm -hmm. what it's thinking. And I was getting tired of writing, (laughs) of keeping that mobile app in sync with the robot. So I just wanted uh, to have the robot host its own UI or IoT device, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I'm a mobile developer, and that meant I had to write a website. And <laughs> yeah. I, I actually did used to be a web developer, so it's okay. But it wasn't. I wasn't looking forward to it. Right.
0: So you made this. Um, you had this idea, and tell tell us how it all started.
3: So I had the idea of I wish web development was just like native mobile development, basically. Um, forms, you know, like OVB style. I wanted to, yeah. Don't we all? I just wanted to put my, uh, exactly. (laughs) You kids get off my lawn. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to say, hey, look, there's a view, there's a button, here's a click handler on the button. I'm going to change this number sometime. Don't ask. I'll change it later.
2: (laughs) And I I really appreciate you coming from a mobile perspective, right? Right. That's your native development environment, that event interaction model, but with a fairly constrained UI space
3: yeah I, I've been living this world for eight years it, it's what I know um, I like I said I was a web developer I've written templates I spent the 90s writing PHP templates and mm-hmm. terrible okay. so you do CGI have some bananas. self-loathing too I appreciate that <laughs> Like we all
1: do.
3: (laughs) What I actually wanted was a level of interactivity that um, I just find a little cumbersome when you're doing normal web programming. And that's just, like I said, it's the button handlers. You have to write up a a push callback and you decouple your views so you regenerate the view every time you're in a templating language i i don't want that i just want to say button your text is this this is your color this is that and move on with my life nice. and so yeah. i yeah and so i wrote we the library to make that happen in .net and y-o-o-u-i <laughs> Object-oriented <laughs> UI. Ah,
0: uh, it's brilliant! <laughs> okay, so it started it's accurate. With- it's
2: a pun. It's in another language. <laughs> it's genius. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you.
3: I was very proud of myself.
0: <laughs> the narcissism flow. <laughs> well, at least
3: you didn't pronounce it. wee. that'd be a little weird. I think the style guide does state that's the proof correct pronunciation you have uh. to put a ooh at the beginning Yeah. You know, oh, okay. I, <laughs> in practice I just say we, ooh, it's we. Just we. <laughs> <laughs> when
2: Laurent mentioned it of course I immediately went there because he was struggling with the pronunciation as well and I appreciate that right in the notes was here's the correct pronunciation but yep. <laughs> it always astonishes me when there's these um, remarkably clever projects and we don't know
3: it's like it's hard to keep up how long have you been working on this <laughs> um, a little while, to be honest, it was uh, more of a brainchild in my head for a long time. I tend to think about things for a very long time before I can actually get them down into code. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I wrote a few different versions of this, to be honest, I wrote a version in Python, I wrote a version in C++. And Wow. So can we back up and talk just a little bit
0: about, you know, the, the big picture of, of Wii, mm-hmm. the Wii web framework, it you said it's a cross platform UI library. That uses web technologies, but give us a little
3: more uh, about what it does. Yeah, so uh, let's start with it's just a .NET standard library. So you can bring this into literally any project, and it's just going to run anywhere. And what is it? It's an API that mimics the um, HTML DOM that you would normally get if you were a JavaScript programmer writing JavaScript in the browser. So you have things like div elements and input elements. These are all classes in the library. Okay. And the kind of innovation, the simplicity that I brought here is you can take any of those UI elements, um, button input. I just keep going back to those. They're, they're all you need to write an app. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's right. Um, yeah. And, and here's the funny part, though. You can take any one of those and just say, serve this at this URL. And now, huh. um, it it becomes a little web server. Uh, this library, this little .NET Standard library built into .NET Standard is actually a full web server, HTTP listener, and so it can take advantage of that. And that's nice for my little IoT scenario, where um, I'm running all the robot's logic, but I also want a little web server that's you know br- showing all the data on the robot. Well, it's best to just put that all into the same program. And so, you run the the web server on the client as well? Yeah, totes. (laughs) Okay. Uh, But you can imagine, um, you can run Kestrel also. So, I have the built-in web server, but you can run Kestrel. And I wrote in ASP.NET Core Binding, so you can run this in IIS up in Azure, And that's actually how I recommend people do it. I wrote that little web server for myself mostly, (laughs) uh, but a real website should run um, proper IIS or whatever.
0: And so these objects are then C-sharp objects?
3: Mm-hmm. Nice, simple little data objects. Um, very plain. They have event handlers exactly how you would expect them to have. Button has a click handler. All the text boxes have input and change handlers, that kind of stuff. It's, I was honestly going for Visual Basic 3 here. I just right. wanted the simplicity of that API.
0: And you can run on top of WebAssembly and you've got a forms thing and a, <laughs> all these other stuff. Does, does Blazor come
3: into play anywhere? Oh, yeah, that's a whole crazy topic. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we, we'll have to rewind a moment to actually understand what's going on with the, uh, WebAssembly and Blazor stuff. Okay. Um, the, the whole kind of trick with this library is that it's constantly manipulating the DOM on the client. So it's doing mm-hmm. minimal updates. You're not refreshing the whole page. You know, when you say, um, label text equals foo that's going to happen kind of instantaneously and that's all done over web sockets okay so this library in a lot of ways is like um web forms you guys were web forms programmers right yeah sure absolutely yeah so i, I kind of think of this as web forms 2.0 <laughs> maybe done so, right
0: so so you program it on the server mm-hmm. and when you make these uh, you just say update this with that All of that gets translated through WebSockets into an asynchronous call that does the updating. Exactly. So now you don't have to.
3: (laughs) Holy crap. It's not so bad. It's not so bad. SignalR does this.
0: Yeah, sure, but you don't have to write all the plumbing, it just happens.
3: Well, that was actually what is really the Wii library is the synchronization protocol that I developed. Um, writing mobile apps, you feel like half your life is synchronizing data Absolutely. with foreign sources. And so I was <laughs> honestly getting tired of writing that code. So I wanted a sync <laughs> solution. That, <laughs> I just wanted a sync solution that works simply, you know, this is my whole MO is I just want simplicity. And yeah. so I just um, decided to wrap the scary parts of synchronization under a friendly happy API. And that API I happen to choose to be the web DOM, but it could be anything else. Wow. Uh, so there's this synchronization library. And that's what's working over the WebSocket to keep the server model uh, in sync with the
0: UI. Oh my God! If you guys can just go ahead and talk, I'm going to download this and run it in Visual Studio right now. <laughs> um, just go ahead,
3: talk there's, amongst yourselves. There's
1: something's
0: a
2: little inceptiony about this whole. Is it a browser? Uh, is it a web
3: server? You have no idea. Okay, but now we can <laughs> we can talk about the WebAssembly part because right. it's actually quite independent from everything I've just talked about. Um. But we can start with my original goal was to make programming the web feel like you were just programming within the browser. Right. And so it makes sense. Well, if you can run .NET code in the browser, this seems like a pretty good fit. And um, so, yeah. And so the moment I saw Miguel and company, uh, uh, Rodrigo Cumpera is the mono developer really leading the charge and making WebAssembly happen. Right. I um, I just want to make it clear I'm building on the shoulder of giants here. Um, of, of course. course. No, yeah.
2: those guys are so crazy smart. It's terrifying.
3: Yeah, I was actually just listening to your uh, Blazor episode, I think maybe even the second one, and uh, they were giving all the shout outs and you just can't do it enough. It's crazy yeah. what the mono people are pulling off.
2: Yep. Well, it transformed Blazer, right? I mean, Steve Sanderson was doing his own little odd thing that the rest of us, our heads were exploding when he spoke. Then suddenly Miguel and Rodrigo jump on board and go, hey, what if we, and it just transformed mm-hmm. the project. You, you couldn't ignore yeah. it
3: after that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's actually a, a little, there's a secondary benefit here is that they're working very hard on the mono interpreter, which is going to mm-hmm. give all sorts of benefits to the iOS side, my world on, on the sure. mobile we'll be able to run like Python code, uh, proper dynamic code and all that stuff. So it's going to be really exciting, actually, for all this work to bubble up completely. Wow. How does this lead to Python? Walk me through this. That's why I find this fascinating. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I think uh, they mentioned that there's two ways you could get .NET running in WebAssembly. The first is... Um, Kind of what you would guess is the AOT, the ahead of time compilation. And this is how, yeah, this is how we get Xamarin working on iOS that doesn't allow jitting. iOS doesn't just flat out can't do it. Yeah, you can't do it. Um, Yeah. So we have to compile everything to native code uh, on the computer and then that's the app the same thing can be applied to WebAssembly. We can recompile our entire app down to WebAssembly bytecode. It's its own VM. It's its own bytecode. Right. And that work is actually being worked upon right now. Um, It's it's not as far as long uh, as the alternative approach, which is using the interpreter. And that's what they described where they just got the mono runtime compiled to WebAssembly. Mm -hmm. And then they put the runtime into interpreter mode And that allows it to just consume any old DLL you throw at it and just start running that code. Nice. Okay. So now, (laughs) now to iOS and Python. Python relies on the the DLR, the dynamic runtime parts of the CLR. So you're talking about Iron Python? Yes. Sorry. Iron (laughs) Python. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. And all the others. There's there's other iron ones, too. Sure. Are, sure. Iron Ruby. Mind. Iron yep. Ruby, yeah. Thank you. The poor <laughs> old Ruby.
2: DLR never got as much love it
0: deserved. But I it think. was always awesome, and we always appreciated it. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. True. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm a power god. I, I love multiple programming languages. Sure. And that's actually what brought me to the CLR in the first place, is the idea that all these languages could mix together. Yeah. So I have no problem with that. Okay, but uh, the limitation in Xamarin iOS has always been reflection emit does not work. Okay. Um, it just throws an exception, not allowed to do it. Again, this comes back to we're not allowed to JIT code, we're not allowed to dynamically uh, uh, execute code. Mm-hmm. That said, you are allowed to interpret code. (laughs) right? And so all this work in getting the interpreter powerful enough to run WebAssembly is going to be turned toward iOS. So they'll be able to, when you reflection emit, run with the interpreter so that all that stuff works again. And it turns out, oddly enough, the interpreter is stupid fast. (laughs) (laughs) It it can actually outperform some things that they're actually compiling down right now into native code. It can outperform them. Weird things like... Um, virtual template methods and stuff, crazy stuff in .NET. The edge cases, but uh. the interpreter can actually plow through that stuff wow. very quickly. That's interesting.
2: Yeah, it is, mm-hmm. and really sort of a cool, a cool place to live in. And Just I've added links to Iron Python and Iron Ruby, and it's so exciting to see Iron Python literally got an implementation 2.78 in February this year. But poor old uh. Iron Ruby hasn't updated since 2011.
3: Ah, Mm. ouch. Yeah, I Mm. wasn't actually sure the status of much of them.
2: (laughs) Well, you know, it's got a website, but yeah, (laughs) it's got to be tough to to live in an edge case like this.
0: Hey, uh, guys, hang on just for a second while we take a moment for this very important message. Hey, guess what, Rockheads? Progress Telerik wants to send someone to build. So they're having a contest. Step one is to sign up and learn about the new innovative modern UI tools they'll be announcing at Build. By registering, you'll be entered to win a full conference pass to Microsoft Build plus a $500 travel stipend. They're also giving away three Telerik DevCraft UI licenses. And for .NET Rocks listeners, they'll also be giving away a Telerik DevCraft UI license every week. All you have to do is register at buildcontest.pwop.me. That's BuildContest.Pwop. .me. Progress offers the leading platform for developing and deploying mission-critical business applications. The creator of the award-winning Telerik, .NET, and Kendo UI, JavaScript user interface components and controls, reporting solutions, and productivity tools, Progress offers all the tools developers need to build high-performant modern apps with outstanding UI. Go now to buildcontest.pop.me and sign up to win. All right. And we're back. .NET rocks. I'm Carl Franklin. He's Richard Campbell. And he is Frank Kruger, the inventor and maker of Wii, which is uh, (laughs) blowing our minds at the moment. Uh, Can you tell us how does this actually work? Like, how do we get started? Would I make an HTML page and then, you know, make a button with an ID and then go over to my C-sharp code and then get some event handlers going? How exactly do I make this work?
3: Yeah, in fact, you don't do any of that. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's quite different. <laughs> all right. uh, so imagine imagine you were um, an empty JavaScript file with an empty DOM, and you got to create the UI from scratch. So oh, I if, hate that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so if <laughs> I want a heading, i got to create a new heading element, create a new bo- uh, paragraph element, add a div, add children to that. Mm. This is all done in code through an object model. I thought that was fantastic. I like that way of programming. <laughs> I, I like that level of control, especially when you couple it with CSS. You can pull off some really fancy stuff in HTML. Mm. Um, but it turns out I'm, I'm told I'm weird, and other people don't like that.
0: <laughs> so you build the UI with an object model, just like if you yeah. were going to go into XAML or something and create things and, and put them all together. Or even Xamarin. Mm-hmm. Forms does that,
3: right? You can. Yeah, and it's a very safe object model. It's not coupled to any user framework or anything like that. You can serialize it to JSON and pull mm. it back out. It's yeah, oddly enough, you could use JSON as your HTML format. Okay. That sounds terrible, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but well. you shouldn't do. <laughs> you shouldn't do any of that. <laughs> um, I agree. So instead, what I did was I put Xamarin Forms as another front end, as a layer on top of the Wii library. So that you can program Xamarin Forms apps, which include XAML for doing your user interface layout and data binding and all sorts of clever layouts and controls and all that. And you can write Xamarin Forms apps and have those run on Wii. And you get all the same benefits of Wii that I was talking about before. But the Xamarin Forms UI is in a browser. At this point, we're still talking about. This is it's funny because this library has a split personality. Yeah, you can run in two modes. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. So let me clarify. There's two ways to run we. We can run on the server or we can run directly in the browser. Two different places. Okay. But. It kind of abstracts all that from you. You don't make that decision. You just write against its API, and then at some point, you decide where to put that UI. Am I going to put it on the server, or am I going to put it on the client? The library doesn't really care. It it abstracts that from you. So you get to make that decision. And wow. the neat thing is, um, you can run this on the server with Xamarin Forms. And so I actually have a little sample app out there, a little chat client called WeChat with the source code out there. And you can go see it. It's running on um, Azure and ASP.NET on IIS. And it's just serving away using Xamarin Forms. And so you can see all that code. I'm pretty proud of that, running a, a back end for forms. And that's live. Right? That's running right that's now. Live. You can play with it. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. We can go chat on there. It's got a few <laughs> bugs, but I'm, I'm going to be working on it and improving it. It's actually a really great test case to make sure the code is robust.
2: Well, it's almost a cliche test case like it, but it, exactly. It's like everybody's <laughs> familiar with this. It's a harder problem than it ever looks like. So it's, it's not a bad chance to test
3: at all. Yeah, and I actually did a Twitter poll because I, I think the collaborative app space is where this library can um really show off, where it, it makes it really kind of trivial to write these kinds of apps. And so I asked people, w- what would be a better demo, a chat app or an MMORPG, like a rogue style game? And I was so excited to write this rogue style game and everyone voted for the chat app. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's like you're killing me people. Come on, yeah. I really wanted to write this game.
0: <laughs> all right, so your Xamarin Forms samples actually do run in the browser, but all the underlying code is Xamarin Forms.
3: In the case of WeChat there, that's actually running on the server. Um, So that's all on the server. So now, (laughs) now we can talk about the WebAssembly. All right, okay. Yeah. So if you want it to run in the browser, it can support that mode too. And this is where it's very much like Blazor. Blazor you can think of as a UI framework that runs on Mono WebAssembly. Sure. We is also a UI framework that can run on Mono WebAssembly. Right. So they're kind of two different libraries tackling the same problem. How do I write a proper app um, in this world? I don't know how much you've looked into WebAssembly, but um, those apps apps that that uh, that run under that are actually quite separate from the JavaScript DOM world. It's not quite a sandbox, but it almost is. And so if if you were to just take the Mono WebAssembly stuff right now, you could print stuff to the console, but it's a little hard to do any UI stuff. And so you have projects like Blazor and we trying to provide that UI oh layer for brain you hurts. in the browser. My brain hurts. Oh, I'm, uh, I just I'm edited XAML <laughs>
0: and saw... In in the browser and saw the result on the other side of the, uh, dude.
2: Yeah. I'm can, just like, can I
3: talk about this? This one's trippy. Talk what? about Inception here. <laughs> yeah, no, you, we're we're all tripping. <laughs> okay this one's fun um so one of my old Wii samples was i just made the most basic xaml editor shows you the code on the left and runs the xaml and shows it to you on the right this is actually a very easy trick to pull off in xamarin forms very you can see the code for it it's stupid simple right so when it came time to get this to run in the browser i was like well we have to i have to do something inception i i love <laughs> jokes i love jokes that only i get mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's so inception-y, the fact that we have .NET running in the browser. I have to add a UI layer level of inception. (laughs) So I said, this is the demo I'm going to (laughs) publish. So yeah, you can go see um, a XAML editor running in WebAssembly, hosted on Amazon S3. And I hosted it on Amazon S3 because I wanted to make the point that there's no intelligent server running here. All the logic is running in the browser. No APIs. It's it's just a blob.
1: That is so... It's
3: just an HTML file. I it's think so cool. weird. <laughs> right? <laughs> this oh my isn't God. real. Oh, wait,
2: wait. I'm going to hurt myself and say, click on view source.
0: Yeah, that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> You're not
3: going to like it. No. It's weird. No, I <laughs> bet I won't.
2: <laughs> but there's nothing... Yes, yeah, there's nothing in here. Of course, of course, it's WebAssembly, right? So all <laughs> it is right. is... Text slash JavaScript var assemblies equal C-sharp security, lib JSON, we, we forms. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. just like we have yep. learned with Blazor. This is no code to observe, which is a whole other conversation. Yeah, but, uh, it's really interesting.
3: And this is actually another place where the library is uh, has its schism on. If I was running this on the server. Um, mm-hmm. I, you can run the same exact sample on the server. It's really up to you where you run it. Uh, it, it would pre-render the HTML for you. And right. so when you did view source, you would actually see the HTML. And I do that very specifically to support Google and people scraping your website. Right. Because mm-hmm. there's really no point in having a website unless you're accessible to search unless engines. Unless you're indexable, Right. Wow. Exactly. And that's always a failing point of these kinds of libraries <laughs> is you just become, you're, you're blank to the world. And it's a problem with WebAssembly. Maybe, I I just don't anticipate the crawlers ever getting that sophisticated. They're mm. just going to stick to HTML.
2: We've always been talking about this tech in the context of enterprise internal apps anyway, where you mm-hmm. don't care if they're indexed. This is sure. just not yeah. a good
3: approach for the public internet for the SEO reason alone. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, When I design things, I do like to try to keep the public internet in mind. If you can't go web scale, then don't bother. You know, otherwise, it's just a toy. And while (laughs) it started as a toy, I don't want it to be a toy. Well, um, I vowed when I
0: started .NET Rocks in 2002. Yes, I know that (laughs) uh, I would never read code on the show. And pretty much I've kept my promise, haven't I, Richard? More or less. There are moments this is one of those moments. Uh, I have to weird. because it's only a couple of lines of code. So this is in a static void main, and it's just in a an app. It's just in a little app. Var button equals new button. Print quote click me. Semicolon right. Yeah. And then you have a, a button click event. So plus equals with friend s comma e lambda count plus plus, which you've got a variable the counter. Button text mm-hmm. equals, you know, dollar dollar sign clicked count times. Easy. And yeah. then you publish it. And the comment says, publishing makes an object available at a given URL. The user should be directed to localhost colon uh, 800 forward slash shared dash button. And you basically have a line of code that says UI dot publish, paren quote, slash shared dash button, quote, comma, button.
3: And You're done. I like simplicity. And that's it. That's (laughs) ridiculous. Well, let me tell you another use case of why why I made sure it was that simple. I found myself writing a lot of console apps, you know, mm-hmm. uh, read some files, spit some stuff out, yep. and it's it's frustrating because I never build UIs for them. And I think mm-hmm. back in the day uh, when we had WinForms and I was a Windows developer, I built UIs for every stupid little tool I built because that was smart. You just VB, new project, yeah. here's what you got to do. Yeah, console apps were for the 70s, you know, we've moved <laughs> past them. <laughs> um, and what I found was I, I didn't write UIs for these stupid little tools because all the UI frameworks were complex. And I just didn't want to deal with them. Mm. And they had someone run on this platform, someone run on that platform. It's just so much to think about. Yeah, And so... What I wanted was for all those stupid little scripts that I write, I want a super simple UI framework to work with them. And so I made it as simple as create a new button and publish it. Done. There's your UI. Have fun.
0: Well, hey, Richard. Yeah, buddy. Guess what time it is now? Uh, It must be that happy time again. Time to poke a hole in my head and let some of the pressure out. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. -um. (sighs) All right. I got (laughs) to take a moment here. It's just, you know. It's actually time to give away a DExperience subscription from our friends at DevExpress to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. You know, everybody knows that DevExpress has great desktop controls and tools, but their web tools are simply amazing. They have this collection of HTML5 JavaScript controls called DevExtreme. And now, at the heart of the product line are these really big, powerful controls like Grid, Chart, Pivot Grid, Tree List, and Scheduler. But DevExtreme also comes with more than 50 touch-optimized client-side controls, data visualizers, navigators, editors, lists, dialogues and notification controls, and general-purpose controls like a filter builder, range slider, file uploader, scroll view, and more. Since they're all JavaScript, HTML, CSS, they include integrations with things like jQuery, Knockout, React, Ionic, and Angular. Plus, DevExtreme controls come with ASP.NET MVC and ASP.NET Core wrappers, so they're infinitely flexible. But don't take our word for it. Go for a test drive at dx.netrocks.com. That's dx.netrocks.com. All right, buddy. Who's our winner? Today's winner, Richard, is Chris Johnson from Kirkland, Washington. Oh, congratulations, Chris Johnson. Yes. Golf clap for you. Golf clap for Chris, who just won the D Experience subscription, a big pile of awesome from our friends at DevExpress, just for being a member of the .NET Rocks fan club. And you can join the .NET Rocks fan club. All you have to do is go to .NET Rocks.com, click on the big Get Free Stuff button, answer a few questions, and join the club. We have thousands of members all over the world. In every show, we like to give away stuff from our sponsors. And every December, we give away a $5,000 technology shopping spree to one lucky member of said fan club. But you have to sign up to win. And we'd like to ask our guests, Frank, if you had $5,000 to spend on technology today, what would you buy?
3: Well, you know, I take my podcasting duties very seriously. Yes. And so I spent all morning on Amazon shopping. Uh, I, figured, <laughs> <laughs> I might be you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a list. No, I'm just kidding. Um... <laughs> Huh. I actually do have something that I've I've always always wanted and that is a new beautiful fast digital oscilloscope. And I want one with a logic analyzer, I want automatic serial protocol analysis, I want a touchscreen, I want a glorious beautiful digital oscilloscope. That's but, it.
2: For what? What is you what what do you need digital analysis uh. for?
3: Oh, I'm always making up my own little serial protocols to talk oh, yeah. between devices to build like little mesh networks. And, you know, honestly, to just be cheap, yeah. you just save an IO pin if you make your own serial protocol. <laughs> so, yeah, you just <laughs> and you can do that with an oscilloscope. Mm-hmm. I have one literally from the 1950s and I can technically find that waveform on it, but it's such a pain <laughs> in the butt. <laughs> That's Much rather. Yeah.
2: I had an HP analog uh, oscilloscope rack mount that went into my rack closet that I used for dealing with Interaction problems I had between my generator and my UPSs, where we proved a seventh and ninth uh, harmonic were disturbing the UPSs. This is not wow. a normal conversation.
3: <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is super nerdy uh, and my and super my cool. my
2: electrician's mind, and uh, and uh, my explanation was complicated enough that the UPS company, I believe it was Minuteman, once I explained what was going on, said if I just take back the UPSs, will you stop talking? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> awesome. Well, you know, I didn't know these nice oscilloscopes existed until a couple years ago. I was working in a lab and they had just this gorgeous, gorgeous oscilloscope, and I just fell in love with it. I gotta presume a it- Tektronic, because they're like the the Cadillac. Oh, you know, I wish I had taken a picture of it, but I wasn't allowed a camera, so I don't even know its brand or anything. That that might have been what I was doing on Amazon this morning. Too.
2: There you go. <laughs> Because you could spend serious coin on a Tektronic oscilloscope. Like, they make $40,000 versions, right?
3: I'm Magic. sure. And the add-ons, like, I, I was I was looking at a particular scope for this. And then you, you do this upgrade, that upgrade, that yeah, upgrade. It one is, of those, like one you said, these. a
2: Cadillac. Yeah. yeah, no, you can go as mental as you want. Because the basic ones are a few hundred dollars. Yeah. But, yeah, you, as soon as you start taking multiple signals at higher frequencies, like, if you want to handle gigahertz frequencies... Going into <laughs> digital oscilloscope, dude, that's five grand easy.
0: Like you know, the only them, reason people are still listening is because they want to hear more about we. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay,
3: okay. It's got a touchscreen. It's awesome. But,
2: but Touchscreens.
1: <laughs>
3: Everything else 90 is 90 like minds. what the
1: heck.
2: What <laughs> uh, hard so happens geeks. when you invite me on? <laughs> yeah. Well, you hard two hard together, geeks. man. Yeah, Ooh. no, it's a nasty feedback loop, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, re- I retired my my old oscilloscope at some point when we were doing an electronic haulout, which happens on a regular basis around here. It's like, okay, let it go. We solved the waveform problem. We don't need it here anymore. <laughs> I don't miss it. I really don't miss it. Honest, I don't miss it. I miss you. Wait.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Beautiful tools. They're great. Yeah. Great. Blinky lights, man. Good blinky lights. That's what it's all about. So, getting back to to Zamel and all of the all of the UI syntaxes you support, you, you're not even at that level. You you have this abstraction layer that is these objects that can just sit on top of just about anything. And does yeah. you, does that a big problem for you in terms of keeping up with the project as? more versions of xaml come out and you know the the xaml standard happens uh, is that going to be a a challenge when when things change
3: you know i got pretty lucky here um the xamarin forms is open source it's you can go see exactly how it works and it's really well architected where they only ask of the, and I should say, these are called backends for Xamarin Forms. So iOS would be a backend, Android would be a backend, UWP, I think w, even WPF, GDK, these are all backends for Xamarin Forms. So we is just another backend for it. And they architected it very well. The biggest problem is uh, for every control in Xamarin Forms, I have to have an equivalent control. Right. Yeah. In a few cases, I mean, like I said, most apps are text boxes and buttons. The rest yeah. is just layout and images and colors. It's fine.
1: Right. Um,
3: but the other big one was like a toggle switch. Mm. And, you know, that's just not native to HTML. There's no b- built-in control that looks right. like a toggle switch. They have checkboxes. Got to do some CSS there. Mm-hmm. Some and JavaScript. actually, the... the the cool thing is, though, that Wii is so good at manipulating the DOM and working with objects. I just wrote my own toggle control, which was as simple as create mm-hmm. a big green box, create a gray box inside of it, mm-hmm. and move that gray box around whenever they toggle it. Wow. It's like 10 lines of code.
0: So, writing controls in Wii to use in Wii. In Xamarin Forms.
2: <laughs> in Xamarin Forms.
3: <laughs> <laughs> just to keep you on your toes
2: <laughs> Well, and I gotta tell you I was bombing through docs On some of the Xamarin forms stuff Cutting and pasting chunks of XAML Dropping it in your prototype XAML editor mm-hmm. And it's just rendering, you know
3: Oh, and that one's even a little old. I got to update that one. Yeah, I've made yeah. a bunch of new improvements. Uh, so there is actually a new big push in Xamarin uh, Forms to um, add a lot of missing features, just a lot of little things like setting the fonts on every control, setting the text color everywhere.
1: Right. Mm. So
3: as those things get added, yes, it's kind of a pain, but I have to add them also. Right. It's we we keep a doc. It's you know it's a pain, but at the same time it's simple. It's you know for everyone. those i need one of these and so it's very easy to keep track of and to just maintain as
2: someone working on essentially their own implementation of xaml yeah where are you on the whole xaml standard thing like (laughs) is this something that you care about uh no (laughs) wow what a great answer man you nailed
3: it right there Um, I don't know who I'm offending with every next word that's about to come out of my mouth, so I apologize to everyone. Let's start there. Um, I actually never did too much XAML programming in my career, so it was never baked into my blood. Um, uh, Xamarin forms lack some obvious things like gradients and um, a a few other things. Some names are wrong, and so the standard was to merge all this stuff. But the truth is, um, I think for for myself, I've basically just standardized on Xamarin Forms XAML, and I just don't deal with the uh, Windows XAMLs. It's sad. I'm sorry. It's a terrible answer. I don't think you should be that upset about that. No, I don't think
2: so either. Because, you know, there's more mobile activity going on than there is desktop activity. One of the concerns I've had about XAML standard, and I'm pretty sure we talked to Miguel about this exactly, was... Look, you've got two flavors of XAML living inside of the desktop in the form of WPF and XAML Mm -hmm. for Windows. Then you've got this, and they're they're not the same, but they're pretty darn similar. And UWP is also a distinct implementation as far as I understand. Yeah. Yeah. And and then you have Xamarin forms way over here that is XAML-ish. But comes at it from a mobile perspective, which is naturally simpler and narrower and, you know, solving a different scope of problem. And one would argue the more important problem.
0: But also you have an open source project here, right? And when XAML standard comes around, there will be people that will pick it up and and help with that.
3: Right, and and in fact, um, you know, <laughs> I don't know. This is no insider knowledge or anything. I'm about to say, it just. Right. But at some point, I hope that uh, Xamarin would want to take in a web version of Xamarin Forms. Mm. I think there's an excellent use case for it, sure. and if they ever do decide to do that, I hope they'll just steal my implementation and then I'll shut mine down and use <laughs> theirs because I'm Steal more than this ha- code. Yeah, I'm more than happy to have other people maintain this, you know. <laughs> right. I'm not that precious. You, <laughs> you just want to get back to this
2: idea of I I want this to exist and I almost don't care how.
3: Yeah, exactly. I want that technology. Right. <laughs> uh and then I, I gotta state the uh elephant in the room, or at least it's always there for me. Uh Silverlight. Oh, don't say the S word. <laughs> I'm I'm going there. I'm just doing it because You're no one wants me to, and I'm still doing it. <laughs> 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 I, I liked Silverlight. I liked programming. It It was good. That was actually my exposure to XAML. Sure, and so did I. We takes the approach of uh, taking Xamarin Forms and making it run in HTML, but there's absolutely nothing stopping me from taking Silverlight and making that run in uh, the browser with WebAssembly and all that. And so honestly, I'm just waiting for someone to take the mono WebAssembly work and build a Silverlight out of it. I don't know if that's a regression. I don't know if that'll set the community back rather than forward. Uh, but it just feels such like such a natural fit and yeah. maybe i should stop talking about it now <laughs> <laughs>
2: well i i just don't think you're alone right that there are folks that have fond memories of that that felt very productive in it and maybe we can put these ingredients together
0: but certainly that's where blazer
3: is going to help you know well blazer i i blazer is a, a templating engine it's right. very much the react component style so you are writing html mm-hmm. templates and you are re <laughs> Kind of, technically kind of regenerating the ui every time but they're obviously they're smarter about that they're, they're good people um it, it's a templating style programming it's not your button click handler style programming so xamarin
0: forms in the browser is more like what silverlight is or was exactly yeah, yeah
3: they're much more similar to each other blazer is like an amazing version of react running in the browser and the react programming model is awesome yeah
2: well, and Razor as a rendering approach is just a different way of thinking than, than Xamarin Forms.
3: Exactly. It's, yeah, it's declarative versus constructionist. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, the truth is you can write any app in any style. So it's, what is your preference? I started by saying I'm a mobile developer and I have certain expectations from the UI. I don't mm-hmm. want to write PHP code in 2018.
2: No, and, and I really appreciate, you know, you laying that out there right up front. It's just like, look, this is how I see the world, These are the things I look for. I I love an opinionated library where it's like, oh, I have a belief (laughs) system. I'm not trying to be all things
3: to all people. If you don't believe in these things, I'm not your guy. Mm. You have to be an open source. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. the project gets dragged in every direction. I've done that to myself with so many projects where i want it at first i solve my own problem that's great and then it solves a few other people's problems and then mm. yeah, the hubris emerges and you're right. like i can solve everyone's problem <laughs> 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 and that's where you fail yeah but <laughs> so, oddly enough does not go well <laughs> No, so I've I've taken to writing what I consider yeah small. I I never used the word opinionated before, but I might as well yeah opinionated. That said, I do hope that we um, becomes popular because I do think its programming model is very pleasant and mm-hmm. enjoyable to use, and the fact that you have so many deployment options just makes it so much easier.
2: Well, and I appreciate that that was the point, right? That that you're trying to go to the this pleasant approach to this. Lots of folks don't feel that way about XAML-ish languages, that this is a necessary (gasps) evil, not a happy place. (laughs)
3: <laughs> I, I've always been inspired by this uh, one Ruby user interface library called Shoes. And I think that they hit this very sweet spot of a very simple declarative UI that you could create in code and a simplicity of actually executing that UI. It just worked everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in some ways I'm always trying to strive to recreate that same, that same framework in .NET to have those same awesome features. Learn from others, you know steal
2: <laughs> there's a love affair that comes with ruby that, that people who learn to develop in that space you always see that same reaction that they're sort of dil- it was so fun that the time that i was doing mm-hmm. that i got very excited and, and engaged on it and then you know then reality got in the way like there were other things <laughs> i had to do
3: yeah it's a passionate community that's built some amazing software and we can mm-hmm. all learn a lot from what they've done
2: I, not, mm. not that it's particularly yeah. relevant to the .dotnet community, but like I'm going to include a link to shoes. Like you really should look at this.
3: Yeah. Okay. It's it's. it's Have you it's, seen it before?
2: Absolutely. As soon as you said, it, I'm like, oh, I remember that. Like it's just one yeah. of those things where you look at this code and you look at the rendering and you're like, why? Why haven't we always done this? It's just yeah. It's yeah. one of those things. <laughs> it is. It is exactly the way you would describe a UI on paper without drawing a picture. Mm. Hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. I've taken some attempts at actually trying to implement shoes and .Net. I could just never get the syntax quite huh. exactly right. Huh. Plus, um, I think being true to the web was also important in my design of Wii. I wanted to expose all of CSS to you. I wanted there are no limits. You can create any element. You can call any function. It does all the serialization and all the marshaling of data back and forth. It handles wow. all that nastiness for you. So you can just write the stupid code and get your job done. Um, I love that. For me, my class, my my example was always, I I want strip charts scrolling. I want an oscilloscope in my (laughs) head. It's so great that
0: that you have that project and, you know, that impossible thing in mind that you need to achieve. Because if you can do that, dude, you can do anything. All right.
3: That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't I, it, it's software. I think that's one thing my uh, electronics background has actually uh, given me is a perspective that this is software. You can do anything. Like, right. You okay. can break every rule. <laughs> you can, like it doesn't matter. People like you as are long as there aren't God. any bugs in it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have to have some of that enthusiasm. Yeah. I
2: think once you hang out in hardware, now, you know, what's hard. Yeah. And so I, all the software problems you are like, dude, that's not that hard let me show you a hard problem you know like, i'm having a frequency loop back on this particular chunk of the circuit that's disturbing data storage entirely yeah like, and as i can tell i'm going to need a, a three inch by three inch piece of tinfoil wrapped over the right piece and everything will just work
3: i just don't know which piece of tinfoil to put on a hat shaped <laughs> <laughs> and as you know, once you have a serial protocol, once you can move data from one device to another, all bets are off. You can you can conquer the world. Yeah, and yep, that was actually the abstraction that worked very well in We, um, because it was going over WebSockets in in the first part in the first version where it was running on the server, communicating with the browser over WebSockets. It always had to have that communications channel, and so when it came time to put it into WebAssembly, and you had to marshal objects back and forth between the DOM and the the WebAssembly world, which is running in its own memory space, and it's all crazy. I already had all that serialization code.
0: Did you use SignalR, or did you write your own over WebSockets? Did
3: my own over WebSockets? What? Wow. WebSockets. What? WebSockets are Dude, easy. Dude, you it's are high level. Web... <laughs> I'm an old <laughs> Unix network guy. This oh, web my Sockets God. they are trivial.
1: <laughs> wow.
3: Give me a break. All right, now I'm
0: completely blown away. Oh come on. Oh, man, sockets. That's awesome. I mean I've it's done so- sockets. Chandler. I know. I've done sockets myself, but <laughs> I've seen the WebSockets API. It's gnarly. It's really <laughs> hairy. It's got warts, man.
3: Yeah, and actually I, I got a little sad because I wanted to run Wii on iOS itself. You know, me and Inception, right? We just gotta keep <laughs> taking it deeper and deeper. And so I wanted to run Xamarin Forms in a browser on iOS, just to mess around. But um unfortunately <laughs> the the iOS version uh, didn't support web sockets, <laughs> and so I couldn't do it with the traditional path. But it's nice; it's an abstract class. I can change out that communication transport, and I'll have this puppy running on iOS.
0: Oh I just my. love these mashups. Oh my god! Amazing. Is there anything else that anything else like any other tools that <laughs> your, that you're holding back on? Um, I feel uh, like I'm completely blown away now. What's what's next?
3: Oh, what's next? Oh, golly. Um, well, uh, I was actually just listening to, I think it was your concurrency episode, but you were talking about F sharp and immutable objects and all of that stuff. And so there's some work being done in Xamarin Forms space, especially by, uh, Don Syme, the creator of F sharp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's working on some really cool, um, immutable functional styles of ways of building user interfaces using Xamarin forms. Wow. And the benefits, I'm, you've heard it a million times, all the benefits of immutability. Sure. It's multi-threaded, all that stuff. Yeah. So uh, getting that to work with Xamarin Forms is going to be especially cool. And of course, I'll get that to work with Wii. So you'll be able to do immutable UIs in a very functional style with all this stuff. But that's a little bit nerdy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a, a uh,
0: whole contingent of listeners out there who are jumping up and down going,
1: yes, okay, right well, now. And so. I think <laughs> yes. you
2: sort of said off the side, there's something that I don't think a lot of people are... Aware of which is that Don Syme, you know the father of F Sharp, is working closely with the Xamarin team these days. Yeah, that that he's sort of made a
3: lateral move in some respects. It's super exciting. He's just focused on uh, making sure that the functional .NET world is. Good to go on mobile. Mm. And I my last uh large iOS app is uh continuous. It's an IDE, it's a dot net IDE that runs on the iPad. Mm. And I wrote the whole thing, every line in F sharp. Wow. And I'm very proud of it because it's a very large it's a full IDE. I, I tried to put Visual Studio onto the iPad and it's all in <laughs> F sharp in a ever functional sleep? Style.
1: <laughs> Jeez. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. when do you have time to do all these things
3: oh you're Did young you know i implemented you're young. Uh, i'm not that young man <laughs> I'm, I'm getting old <laughs> okay i had to implement my own little clr for that app and that's also why I'm excited for the interpreter, for the Mono's interpreter to get powerful again, because I'll be able to tear out whole chunks of code in that app and replace them with the Mono implementation. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually very excited about that.
2: Wow. Yeah. I do think it's an important aspect of this is sort of getting rid of as much of your your unique code as possible, trying to run them all in the same place. Yes. Yeah. This is the conversation we had earlier in the week with Rocky Latka yep. around Blazor and the, and the WASM mm. parts is like... Does it make sense to continue using Mono because it compiles the C, which goes down through LLVM and into Wasm very easily, yeah. as opposed to the .NET Core, which is really built, built in C Sharp. And how would you back that into Wasm?
3: Yeah, Mono's lucky in that they have all this experience running on very constrained environments. Yeah, They've absolutely. just been doing this for longer. .NET Core will catch up, obviously. But right now, Mono's just has the advantage and all the, honestly, enthusiasm, because There's only so much people can do, but an open source community is so large that you can contribute to it. Mm -hmm. The challenge to me is the
2: fragmentation of .NET and not being confident that your code that you're running over here is now going to run the same way over there. I mean, standard is supposed to address that, but I just don't know if we're all the way there yet. You know, Lockheed was talking specifically about these edge cases where it's like this behaves differently.
3: Yeah, personally I feel like we're in the best place we've ever been in .net though, to be honest. I I've been doing this game for a little while now and we've had some terrible spots with the P- PCL, Gasco, oh, sure. the Silverlight, you know, all the libraries custom to that mm-hmm. and when RT did a job on us all too. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. All that. So I feel like um so we've simplified the package world with this .net standard and the trade-off we made was yes, it's going to throw platform not Whatever platform not supported. And I think it's an okay trade off because you should be testing your app on the platform and you should be catching that exception. So you'll realize it's not able to make that network request. This is exactly the problem I ran into when I tried to get we running on iOS. Uh, WebSockets just flat up the WebSocket server was not supported. And so it threw an exception and that's that. And does that mean I hate .NET standard and .NET standard has failed? I'm just, no, that's the trade-off we made so that we can greatly simplify the .NET ecosystem.
2: Yeah. I, and I do appreciate a coherent error message that you at least know why it's broken. It doesn't say object not found or go barf in <laughs> yeah. some weird way. <laughs> and you're trying to figure out, did I do something wrong? As opposed to not implemented. Well, I did nothing wrong. Then yeah. I'm trying to use something that isn't there. I Sorry. know what's going on. Sorry. Yeah. The best error message ever. Sorry. The most Canadian error message ever. Sorry. Sorry.
3: (laughs) And to be honest, I'm a little jaded from the Python world because they'll just have bindings to executables built for an operating system written 20 years ago that's running on the wrong thing. And so they'll just fail left and right. So I'm like, well, at least we're still better than Python. (laughs) That's (laughs) terrible. (laughs) Don't be too upset.
2: You could have been PHP,
3: right? (laughs) I know everyone hates runtime errors. That's why yeah. we have a type system. That's mm-hmm. why we do all this. But yep. just for the community, just as a library developer, I feel so liberated to just create a .NET standard uh, library and say, good luck. I mean, it's chances are 99% of the time it's going to run fine. It's just the weird stuff.
0: Well, Frank, we're going to have to keep in touch, and we'll be watching. And uh, I'm definitely—I've already downloaded it, and uh, I'm ready to
3: check this out and take it for a spin. Looks great, exciting, and it is early days. I want to tell everyone that I'm still making it robust, so please check it out. Please file issues if you do want it to go in a different direction. Let me know. I'll probably say no, but <laughs> I would love the feedback.
0: <laughs> and your enthusiasm is infectious. Thank you. Oh, great. <laughs> And thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You bet. It's been a pleasure. And we'll see you next time on .NET Rock.